Welcome back to This Show is All About You, a show about all the ways in which you and me become we and what that means for all of us. I am your host, J.D.K. Winnikin. Welcome to Episode 4 for February 1st, 2021. And, uh, If you want to know more about me, uh, you can take a look at my website, wordsbyjdk.com. I post new material every Sunday. Uh, Some of it bleeds over into the show. Uh, Usually it's all related. It's all related somehow in my mind and soul and spirit and all of that. Uh, But happy February. And uh, this, this month I'm going to spend every show talking about what we often think of in February, love. Uh, Valentine's Day, of course. But we're not just going to talk about that kind of love, the romantic kind of love. And I can feel people out there, some of them excited about Valentine's Day, some of them cringing, some people in between. But we're going to talk about all the various uh, forms of love that that are out there. We'll talk today about uh, loving ourselves, which I think is the place to start. Uh, We'll talk about romantic love next week. Then we'll talk about friendship and community and how all of those relate. And uh, so today we're going to talk about what does it mean to love oneself. And I I want to start kind of with a deep breath on my own part because um, I am not an expert in this other than in my own experience. And I still struggle sometimes to describe uh, my own experience uh, in loving myself. It has been a very, very long journey for me to get to a point where I can say, yeah, most of the time. I think I do love myself both in attitude and in practice, but it's still hard. And and I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's the thing we probably care the most about is love and connection in our lives in general. And so it's, this isn't a small topic. And I can't even do over the course of 30 minutes or two hours over the course of this month justice to any of it in terms of its depth. And yet um, it's something that is still really powerful for me and it's still a part of my daily journey and sometimes it's a daily struggle. Uh, I've entitled this week's show When My Love Boat Was Just a Dinghy. And and the image comes to mind, a lot of you might remember of a certain age, might remember the 70s TV show The Love Boat and uh, I remember it being on all the time and of course the formula of that show was all these people, some of them famous, some of them not, came onto this giant cruise ship And they went cruising somewhere. They never said where they were going. But inevitably, by the end of it, six or seven groups of people had all fallen in love with each other. And then the show ends. And the the implication, of course, is that they go off, you know, happily ever after. I always have felt about that kind of thing. Like everybody else was on the love boat as it's steaming out of the harbor. And I'm on this little dinghy behind it, bzz, 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 you know, trying, trying to get to the boat. I don't know why I missed the boat. Maybe I fell off the boat. Maybe I was late. Uh, I don't know why, but I've always sort of felt that way. Like, and so in some ways, this might be part one of a two-part, to put this side by side with, with talking about romantic relationships next week. But nevertheless, that's sort of the image I'd like you to sit with uh, to start with today is, is me and that little dinghy in the back. And I'm wondering if maybe you've ever felt that way before about these things. Uh, the, what I want to talk about today, I'd like to frame it around uh, this idea. And again, I wrote a haiku specifically for what I wanted to talk about today. And this is today. So if we're going to talk about loving oneself, which I think is really where all of this starts, this is the haiku that I'd like us to focus on. We search for love while standing on the rich soil of its true origin. 
try that again. We search for love while standing on the rich soil of its true origins. And my idea there is that we are looking for love all the time. Or at least I'm going to speak for myself. I look for it. I look for it every day. I want to get it from my friends and from my family and from the people that matter most to me. And so we intend to look out for it. And what I'd like us to focus on is the ground beneath our feet. The true origins of all these things, I would suggest, are in us. Now, every religion and philosophy around the world talks about the root of love being in the spirit. They might differ on where that comes from or what it sounds like or how it manifests itself, but it is in us. And for me, anyway, that has been the most elusive thing in my life to try to understand. What does it mean to love myself? Does it mean that I'm confident in myself? Well, in some areas of my life, I always have been, but in other areas, I have not. So it can't just be about that. And so I don't, when I explore these things, I tend to sometimes fall back on, on quotes or, you know, writings that can help guide the way. And I found some ones, and some were, some were given to me, that were really interesting about self-love. Uh, one from the writer Sahaj Kali, the fact that someone else loves you does not rescue you from the project of loving yourself. <laughs> like that one. And then another one from the Buddha. You can search throughout the entire universe for someone who is more deserving of your love and affection than you are yourself, and that person is not to be found anywhere. You, yourself, as much as anybody in the universe, deserve your love and affection. And of course, what I grew up with, closest to my heart uh, in Christianity, Right? The greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, when I was growing up, that was really powerful. Because that seemed like a really good starting place. Okay, love my neighbor, another person, as much as I love myself. I remember the focus always being on my neighbor. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but... Uh, so what if you don't love yourself? Does that mean you can't really love your neighbor? It seems to fit that way. So how you feel about yourself by extension is how you're going to treat your neighbor, whoever that might be. And that could be your partner. It could be your family. It could be your child. It could be whatever the case may be. So we focus on that. So then the question comes up, and this is a question I've asked myself my entire life. Well, what if I don't love myself? And really, because it seems to me, we can't really give something that we don't have seems obvious on some level, at least to me, if I want to give you $10 because you need it, but I don't have it, I can't give it to you as much as I want to. And yet, you know, and, and people say a lot, you know, you can't love other people unless you love yourself. Yeah, sort of, except maybe not in the most healthy way. But I know a lot of people who have been vulnerable with me, who've talked about times in their life where they didn't love themselves but have had tons of love for their children or have loved their partners deeply or have been there for their friends. So that kind of that truism doesn't always really wash with me either. What I what it seems to me, and this is where I'm kind of coming in on it, the problem isn't so much we can't give what we don't have. That is can be part of it. And certainly we can give it in healthier ways. 
But the problem is when we don't love ourselves, at least in my experience, is we can't accept the love that other people are willing to give us. And for me, this led me into a lifelong struggle where I wanted it so badly. I needed people to love me because I didn't know how to love myself. But since I already didn't love myself, I couldn't really accept the love that I was being given. And as I sit here reflecting on this, I get really emotional because I have been given and offered a lot of love in my life from a lot of different directions. And for many years of my life, I was just unable to accept it, at least in full, and unable to reciprocate it. And the problem was not them. The problem was me. And so that question was about what does it mean to love oneself? I've been taking over the last few years, really focusing a lot on when we hear all those different things about what love is and what love isn't, applying it to myself. And to kind of go back to the Christian scriptures that I grew up in, one of my favorite descriptions of what love is, and I always used to read this when I'd think about finding my soulmate and all this stuff when I was, when I was younger, was uh, 1 Corinthians 13. And it talks about, I mean, this is a really wonderful set of criteria here. It talks about the importance of love. If you have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and have a faith that move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I, may, that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then this is a great list. And in my life, what I'm about to read, in my life, I always kind of projected that outward. Okay, this is how I'm supposed to love other people. It's only been relatively recently in my life. I'm 47. So it's been at least in my 40s <laughs> where I've started to apply this to myself. So when you hear this, this is a passage almost everybody's probably heard at their own wedding, at someone else's wedding. But apply it to yourself and see if these adjectives are ones that you apply to your own love and loving yourself. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking and it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You can probably hear it. I'm, I got emotional just reading that. Because I remember quite easily when I decide to pick it up, never feeling any of those things about myself and struggling to show them to others. And keep in mind, these were the people that I desperately wanted these things from, but still couldn't seem to get it. I'm emotional because I'm reflecting on remembering what it felt like to wonder if self-love, if I was going to love myself, did that mean I was going to be arrogant or self-absorbed? Is that going to make me narcissistic? It confused me for a long time. What I've learned, thankfully, is no. Self-love doesn't mean that we exclude all other forms of love that are out there. But we can only be open to those things if we have love for ourselves, And we can call that lots of things. Compassion for ourselves. Self-value, self-worth, self-esteem. All those things fit together. And I like a lot of those words sometimes because there are practical things we can do 
right, to really build these things. But the challenge is, even with all the words, even with all the, you know, all the ways to kind of dissect it, in the end, loving ourselves is an inside job. So we can't give out, yes, what we don't have, but we also can't accept what we don't have from others. It's a catch-22, or at least it certainly was to me, because I desperately wanted to be connected, always wanted to be connected to people, and I think we seek that. And if you listen to my friend Greg Kuyper's podcast, At The Root, right after this show, or you can find it on different podcast outlets, he talks about this all the time. The necessity and the need, the hard wiring we have for connection. The problem was for so many years of my life, the search for external love from others was what I felt I needed to prove to myself that I was lovable. And I'm wondering if anybody out there can relate to that. I essentially put my own, the love I wanted to have for myself in someone else's hands. And at my worst moments, deep in my addictive spirals, I just gave it out to the nearest bidder, whoever I thought would be willing to give me something where I would feel loved, and I always hoped it would be enough. But deep down, there was this core truth that I always struggled with. And that was, I was terrified that if people really knew who I was, the things that I thought about, the things that I really believed but didn't talk about, the things I struggled with, that if they really knew me, they wouldn't love me. I had an idea of how I needed to be or what I wanted to do in order for them to accept me. When I would be meeting somebody new, romantically or otherwise, I would spend my time wondering, what do I need to say or do to get this person to like me? It was never about, do I literally like this person that I'm sitting across from? It was never about that. So I was terrified of people not loving me, but I was still looking to them to provide that for me. It's codependence, what it is needing others to define my value for me. But I couldn't accept the real love they did have for me because I didn't believe I was lovable. And the sad thing about it, as I sit here talking about it, is it made it really hard for anybody who tried to love me in my life to really have a chance to connect with me in a real way. And so, in order, and so when I would have struggles with that, I'd be afraid to lose whatever I was getting. And so... Whatever I had to say, whatever I had to do to keep people from leaving, even though I wasn't able to accept what they were offering, I would do it. And if you're wondering in there, well, where's yourself in there, J.D.? It wasn't. Had no awareness. So how could I love myself if I didn't have any idea who I was? I didn't believe I was enough on my own. And... So I would do things like I would need reassurance, like in romantic relationships, even up into my 30s. In romantic relationships, I would constantly be needing reassurance that the person still felt the same way as they did five weeks, five days, five hours, five minutes ago. That started when I was a kid. And... Then, of course, depending on how things went, I would just adjust myself. I could twist myself into a pretzel to get people to like me, whether it was a potential romantic partner, a friend, a coworker, or whatever. The problem with that, though, 
is if I succeeded, that person was going to expect the pretzel all the time. And of course, how did I end up feeling? I think about it now. I felt alone, felt shameful for denying my true ideas, beliefs, actions, interests. It just told me more and more that I wasn't lovable. I had no idea what it meant to love myself. And, but nothing was ever enough. What one person could give me wasn't enough. And what a million people could have given me wasn't enough. I was trying to pour other people's feelings about me into this hole inside of me that had to be about, really, in the end, how did I feel about myself? So, how did I respond to this? Right, that's, the big, that's the big question. And how do I continue to respond to this? I'll talk about that when we come back from a short little break. We'll get into some of the practical things because there is good news on the other side of this. And we'll be right back on This Show Is All About You. Stacy Heller is many things. Entertaining, yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. All right, welcome back to This Show is All About You. I'm your host, J.D.K. Winnikin. We're talking about the challenges of uh, loving oneself and uh, the challenges specifically that I have faced in this and uh, the struggles to work through all of that. And I left off talking about this conundrum that I put myself into over years and years and years of not being able to, needing other people to define my lovableness, but not being able to accept that. And of course, over time, what it ended up doing was I gave myself messages that I must be things like, and you might, some of you might relate to this, I must be, quote unquote, too difficult or too messed up, or too damaged. I must be a misfit. I must have too much baggage, or I'm not attractive, or smart, or sophisticated enough, whatever the case may be. Never enough. So where did, where did all of this start to change for me? Well, it actually started right there, was the idea of, okay, let me challenge this idea that I am never enough. And I needed a lot of help to do this, but once I started being able to ask myself that, what did it mean for me to be enough? It changed some of the equations and changed some of the terminology that I, was, uh, that I was giving myself. When I finally asked for help on this, and a lot of that was by showing how little I loved myself, I remember the moments where I first asked for it from some really important people, and I was nauseous in every single one, terrified again that they weren't going to love me if they knew what I really was about. And the advice that I generally got from all these people, many of whom had already fought these battles with themselves, 
was to keep it basic from the very beginning. And that was to build self-love or whatever we want to call it, esteem, worth, value. Start with doing esteemable acts, <laughs> worthwhile acts, valuable acts for yourself. And so I thought it was going to be this huge, like big, earth-shattering set of ideas that I needed to have that was going to change everything so quickly. And I was amazed when I was told, why don't you just start out small? The first step to self-love, I learned, was self-care on a basic level. So the basics that were really hard to come by, and this is really hard for me to even admit now as I'm sitting here, but I had to start learning how to do basics that, frankly, I'd been taught most of my life, but had really difficult times doing. And I started learning to do these every day. Waking up after a decent night's sleep, that was the first thing I had to do, get a decent night's sleep. I can still struggle with that. Make my bed. Brush my teeth. Do it twice a day, as a matter of fact. Shower every day. Eat three square healthy meals, preferably ones that I made. Keep a clean closet of clothes. Clean my house. Pay my bills on time. Get regular exercise. Give a good work day, a good eight-hour work day. Budget. Meet with friends. Make new ones. Engage in old hobbies. Find new activities. These were all esteemable acts that if I could do every day, the idea was. I would be slowly learning step by step the power that I had to change my perception of myself. And as that perception changed, as those actions changed, so would my thinking. So would my feeling about myself. I could feel good about the victory of going down that list every day and going, yep, I did every single one of these today. And that felt good. It was basic, but it felt good. And then beyond that, to then do esteemable acts for other people. Sometimes it went against a lot of the things that I wanted to do. Volunteer time to help people. Call a friend and listen to them for once about them, what was happening with them. Sharing my basic struggles with them. Something like giving change to a homeless person. Helping someone in need somehow. Give up my seat on the bus not flip off the guy in traffic who just cut me off and instead think about how maybe they're having a rotten day. All of those things, to go back to the greatest commandment, is how I wanted to be treated. Loving my neighbors, I love myself. And over time, steadily, day after day, with some successes, some failures, and everything in between, that started to happen more often. And over time, on more days than not, loving myself and loving my neighbor felt like it was the same thing. And then it was these things that got me back into the activities that I'd always wanted to do or I'd given up, and I tried new ones. It was only as this began to generate that self-worth that I had the courage to start writing again. Writing poetry, which if you read some pieces on my website, you'll hear the whole story about why that was a big deal but then also writing a novel that I'd always wanted to write. Taking healthy risks to step away from an academic career. Putting myself out there into relationships again. And honestly, failing, but they were successful failures <laughs> in a way because I showed up way better than I ever had before. And then finally, as adding all those things in, then getting to, I think, what is the third thing? So we have those basics, self-care, 
We have those new activities, esteemable acts for other people. And then we have the development of boundaries, internal and external boundaries of what we are willing to say to ourselves or internalize what people say about us. And then also the external ones of what we are not going to allow someone to do to us, what we will not do to someone else. And I had to ask myself questions about this that were so new. Like, what did I not like? What was I not willing to take from other people? What kind of treatment was beyond the pale? What were the words that I would be willing to share or hear? The expectations I might have, the beliefs I might have. What would I share with people and when? Those were all these new questions that I needed a lot of help. There was a form of protection in there, but now that protection of my privacy, of my safety, emotionally and otherwise, was coming from a place of value, not a place of desperation, not a place of emptiness. I wasn't zooming along behind the love boat anymore. What I found instead was, instead of chasing that big cruise ship in front of me, if I just looked at the dock to the side, I would have seen not only all these building supplies there for me to build my own yacht, but a whole lot of people who I knew and loved me who would help me build it and would sail with me on it. And then the cruise ship becomes just another ship. So all those things together, when we talk about loving ourselves, again, it's a, it's a work in progress for me all the time. I'm already thinking of like five different things that have happened just in the last week or so where those old messages about myself and my value um, and needing other people to validate me have come up. But I can also think of just as many examples where my own self-value, my own self-worth have shown up, sometimes in the same conversations with the same people. And so it's from that starting point that then I think we can then talk about, okay, what can we bring with our self-value, our self-love, our self-esteem to a relationship romantically, to friendships, to community? So that's the starting point that I'd like to leave off with and invite you to come back and join me next week on This Show is All About You when we will talk about romantic love and how this all fits together. So until next time, uh, I am your host, J.D.K. Winnikin. Chins up, everyone. <laughs>